0: Hi there. I'm excited that you chose to listen to this message today. Myself and my wife, Pastor Tosana Samony, are resident pastors of All Nations Full Gospel Church, Halifax, a branch of All Nations Full Gospel Church International, led by Dr. Samuel and Dr. Rose Donko. We believe that God's message to you today will stir you up to seek and serve the Lord, bring you to a relationship with Jesus, and transform you to do great exploits for the kingdom. Let's hear the message. Just pray for one minute, Lord. As I hear the word, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me in Jesus' name. This word I hear today will bring me success. The word I hear today will open doors for me. The word I hear today will be more than just Rehoboth. It will be Beersheba. It will be overflowing. In Jesus' mighty name. As I hear Lord, I pay attention to it. Lord, let me not be like those who say the word is for someone else. But let me be like those who on hearing the word are doers of it, thereby making progress. Lord, wherever I need grace to act on your word, I receive it as the word enters. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Are you here? Bless. We welcome all those who are here for the first time. We are happy you are here. Those who are celebrating their birthday soon, we are happy you are here. And those who are celebrated their birthday, we are happy you are here. You know, one thing I like is that the brethren will dwell together in unity. And they will also have a love for the word of God. Amen. Amen. You must love the word of God. You must love the word of God. It is your treasure. Hello. The word of God is your treasure. Amen. Amen. And I just want to know that apart from me teaching you through the word of God and all that, you must make it your treasure. Make the word of God your treasure. Hallelujah. So because of all these things that we need to learn as Christians, that's why we have the Believers Retreat. Because there are many things we need to know. You you can be a Christian for a long time and not walk in the victorious life. Hallelujah. Amen. Do, Do you get what I'm saying? I think you shouldn't say amen to that, but that's fine. You can be a Christian and not walk in the victorious life. We can make it to heaven, but when we get there, we may be sad. Why do you think the heaven they say that they will wipe away all tears? There will be tears of regret. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, there will be tears of regret if I had known, if I had known. It's not the tears that somebody would die or anything, but it's the tears that, yeah, I could, I could have, I could have, I could have, I could have come out of that valley. I could have come out of that pain without being, becoming distorted. I could have come out of it because I had everything available to me to do it. Hallelujah. And one of the tools we have this, before I teach, I didn't prepare this so before I, one of the things I want you to know there are four tools you have, four weapons that are available to you as a believer four, that I've learned from people you have praise you have the blood you have the word, you have the name hallelujah Amen. the praise, you have praise I didn't finish teaching it at connect so maybe, we just did praise and the word, connect we just did praise and the word, you have praise The word, the name, the blood. They overcame him with the blood and the word of their testimony. And then he says, The name of Jesus. In his name you will cast out devils. Hallelujah. So, but to know the see one of the, the the blood we can all sing about. But the name, the authority of the name comes by relationship. If you do not know that the person you are sitting with is the president, if he tells you that tomorrow go to that job, it has been done for you, you will not believe. Because you do know that the person sitting by you is the president. I see a president sitting by you. I see you sitting by a president and the person say, I'm sitting by a president. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whichever one it is, I see. The president's coming out of you. But these are things we have. So we don't, we don't, don't, and it's, it's knowledge that causes us to walk in the victory of it. It's not just in saying it. You know, when you're going to have an accident or something's going to happen to you and you start saying, Jesus, Jesus. That's not when the power is in the name. The power is in the name because of the faith you have in the person. Do you understand? The faith you have in the person is what generates the power, not the fact that you can say it. The faith. Because even the devil believes that there is God. Do you understand? Hallelujah. So today, I just want to finish what I started teaching last week. We started from John 15, verse 8. And I've been, it's been confirmed that this is what we need to learn. Launch into the deep. Are you here? You got to launch it to the deep. So, John 15 we said, The Father is glorified with much fruit. And I'm listening to other people speaking and teaching, and I realized that, you know, I've not gone to Bible school. I've not gone to Bible school. So, don't worry. You're not going to get a lot of theology. But, John 15 is a powerful verse. And I had a man of God, one of the people I respect. He was teaching on it. I just stumbled on it somewhere. And he said, When you read John 15, there is no fruit. Some fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Yeah, you decide which one you want to be. And then you say, Oh, maybe you should end up more fruit. But no, no, no. The verse 8 says, much fruit. That's what brings glory. And I said, because God is a God of more than enough. So from verse 1, it says, The tree that does not bear any fruit, so no fruit, it will be cut off. The tree that bears some fruit will be pruned. It will be what? Pruned so that it will bear what? More fruit. And then he says, it is when you bear much fruit that my Father is glorified. So there is no end to it. Hallelujah. There's no end. If you have no fruit, that's where you are in danger. If you have no fruit, it's when there is danger. And he says, how do you bear fruit? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear fruit. So if you don't bear any fruit, it means you are not in. Hallelujah. I'm saying hallelujah a lot, but that's why we praise God. So, No fruit means that you are not in. It will be cut off. You'll be cut off. I don't know whether it will be on the judgment day. I've never been really researching. But I I actually listened to another preacher where he said, ways in which you'll be cut off. Man, I can't preach it here. You will leave the church. You may leave the church. My goodness. He was preaching to pastors. That's why he could say it. Ways in which you'll be cut off. Number one, you may die. This is a preaching. I said, wow. This is meat. I can't preach it here. They will leave their church. No, where number two, <laughs> where number two, you may wait that means you may be sick. Hey, not see serious preaching, you know. But you see, you preach it to pastors so they, they understand. Somebody, but you just hear it. It's where number three, you will be replaced. So you can be replaced. That's the cut, you know. thought at the end of the day, then the Lord, when Jesus comes, you say you didn't bear fruit go where there's gnashing of teeth. He said, no, 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 you'll be cut off before because they need space to graft in more, more, more branches. You are taking space. Forgive anyone. That, that's not a topic, but just think about it. Okay, think about it. And then, so he says, much fruit, but then when you bear more fruit, he wants to bear much. You see, we can never say we're born enough because God is a God of what? More than enough. Can I stick to what I'm preaching? And we realize that God is more than enough because He says Hebrews 2:10, "Many sounds to glory." He doesn't want an end. So don't don't worry about that doctrine that says only 144,000 people will go to heaven. That puts an indictment on God's taste and and, and appetite. If God only wanted 120,000 people, He wouldn't create seven billion. Hallelujah. So make sure you check it. God wants more. Amen. Hallelujah. Malachi 3 verse 11 says that he will pour out a blessing. You will not have room for it. It means God gives more. Ephesians 3.20, what is there? It says that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever you ask. Or this is the place that even beats me. Imagination. That's why you should imagine good things. Philippians for it. Imagine good things. Imagine nice weddings. Imagine fine families. Imagine people having new cars. New jobs. Not imagine people living and dying and those type of things because you have more abundantly and you know, to have to end up affecting you. Uh, Amen. Your thought is very important, man. Your thinking is very important. You know, people say that is what I'm saying, but what you're thinking is what you will see. Anyway, he does exceed in it. But then I told you that they notice. You see, sometimes when we say God does more, people start beginning to think, oh, "Wow, I'll get more money." It's not. It's not extent It's not. Don't think about it too materialistically. He's able to do it materialistically. But it's more of what he has deposited in you. Because what he has deposited in you encompasses everything you will need. That's why you can believe him for more. Not that he's going to bring something from outside to add to your life. Once you have Jesus, you have everything you need. But there is more in him to be able to explore, to bring out. Do you understand? So whenever we say more, he says, I'm going to get more money. It's good. But that's not the first point we are starting from, there is more in him that I do not know, okay and once you get that physical blessing just follow, they follow they follow. I don't like you that it's not biblical they say prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel, the gospel if it's not about prosperity it's not gospel Jonathan if I come and tell you that you will be poor have I preached good news no. eh? you will die poor amen you will receive something like this I don't know why. It's not an argument. I don't know what kind of argument. I have to come. He said, I will bring you life and you have life more abundantly. Yes. Then we can debate on whether it is about money or not. But as for prosperity, he wants you to challah. God wants you to chalak. Break out. It's not just money. Break out. Multiply, advance vigorously. Vigorous. Be malignantly prosperous. Vigorous. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Prove it later. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, let me just go on there. So then we spoke about... So we got to Luke 5, 1 to 7, and then I'll finish up today. Luke 5, 1 to 7. And uh, you remember the story? You there? So today I'm just going to show us the limitations to more. The limitations. We are going to talk about personal limitations, corporate limitations, and then how do we get out of that kind of limitation? So let's read Luke 5, 1 to 7 quickly. Those who are not here, I hope I've revi- you, you, you are on track with us. Are you on track? All right. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Washing your nets means you have finished fishing. You have ended for the day. All right? Washing your neck. You can't be washing your neck to go for another cut. You wash it and dry it. Amen? Some of you wash your clothes, you don't dry it and you wear it out. Wash and wear. It's not that type of serious situation. We wash it so that we can use it another time. It means it's done. So this, I'm just giving you a picture. that They were washing it because they're done. Amen. Welcome, Brother Richard. Now, that he got on, so he got into one of the boats because they were not using it, which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught. He taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, don't you see it's interesting that he had stopped speaking and then he spoke. So, when he had stopped speaking, he said, "Uh, do your quiet time, do your quiet time tomorrow, you'll see it. When he had stopped speaking, he said, When you have stopped saying what the people have to hear, then he said, (laughs) correct. He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners In the other boat. You see, the break that you're about to get, you will need people to to, to help you. Yeah, you will need people to come and help you. I'm telling you, the chalak that's about to happen, you will need to call some people to come and partake of it because there will be no room to keep it. That's why, until you have come to that place where you are beneficial to others, such that they are benefiting from your blessing, it's not where God wants you to be. That's why it's not two children only. Some 15 orphanages must also benefit. We need partners to come and help us in the boatload of fish. You understand? Peter, James, and John in the sailing boat. Peter, James, and John in the sailing boat. Peter, James, and John in the sailing boat. Over the rolling sea. Along came Jesus on the seashore. Along came Jesus on the seashore. Along came Jesus on the seashore. your net to the other side now. Cast, cast your net to the other side now. Cast your net to the others. They turn the Lord Jesus, they caught a boat load full of fishes. They caught a boat load full of fishes. They caught a boat load full of fishes. I don't know the end. So they caught a boatload of a boatload full. That's where I got that word from. You see, I didn't learn recently. A boatload full of fish. Now, there are very few things that I want you to get there. And then we'll read a few verses. You know, the first thing that causes limitation, and I've said it, first of all, you didn't know that God wanted you to have more. or God is a God of more than enough. So when you get into tough times, you think that God is not expecting much from you. God is always expecting much from you no matter what you are going through, you may have 15 troubles, 15 problems issues in your life, dark times low times, high times, all the time God is expecting much fruit so you can't make an excuse based on your circumstance oh I'm only a student God wants fruit you understand and then your age, you go, I'm oh I'm 70 I'm about to die, God still wants fruit oh I'm only young I'm 14, I'm 14 I need to live my life, God still wants fruit That's because he has deposited something in you that makes him want fruit at all times because he can actually provide fruit at all times. That's what you have inside you. So once God is requesting, you are married with three children, God wants more fruit. You are studying engineering and you don't have time to study anything else, read anything, God still wants fruit from you. Are you listening? Yes. You are working five jobs to survive and pay your rent and your bill and everything. God still wants fruit. Yeah, it's more than enough. Because you too, when you have trouble, and 7 billion people are praying to God to help us with coronavirus, you're also asking God, I need a car. (laughs) Yeah, because there's no limitation to what He can provide. Therefore, there's no limitation to what He demands. Because if He can provide, He has provided with you all that pertains to life and godliness, then He can always demand it. No matter the circumstance you're in. That's why I said I begin to become strong, be strong in the Lord. Say, I have some sexual mind, there's issues in my family. Look, sister, God has given you all you need that pertains to life and godliness. So He can demand fruit at any time of your life. Single, married, divorced, dead, you know, dead, you are dead. <laughs> dead is dead. No, if no, you are dead, it's almost finished. In school, out of school, employed, unemployed. I just want to show you something. It's important that you know that it's you I'm talking about. Because otherwise you say, oh, it's for those who are believing in Jesus they want to be pastors. No, God doesn't look for food for people who want to be pastors. Anyone who has received Jesus, he demands food from them because he has deposited what is more than enough for them to, for him to receive. That's why he's only glorified with much. Yes. So in your value days, you can produce. Are you listening? You know that we will not all be 200 before we die at every stage, you can produce fruit. I'm speaking to you, somebody. You no know, New believer, long-time believer, 15 years believer, much fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say, look, he knew that you would come to church today. That's why he's talking like this. Because he's got, he's got, this message is for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It seems he knew he would come. Anyway, so let me get back to what I was sharing. So, we see the first thing is that Jesus created more room to accommodate the crowds. He didn't say, there are too many people, let's go and rest. He said, let me use another opportunity, let me use a boat, let me create more room, let me be able to teach more. He didn't say, we are too many, go home and sleep. At the same time, people came to him, about 5,000 people came to Jesus, I don't know if you remember the story, and they said, oh, we have to go and find food. Say, no, 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 we are preaching good. You can't interrupt the preaching, go and find them food. Because it makes room for more. He's not into only hundreds. God is into thousands. So he made room for them without a microphone. Then the second thing I want you to also, I think you discussed it before, but Jesus also directed the fishermen. After he had finished speaking, he said, launch into the deep. Some have said that Jesus will not borrow something of yours without bringing you profit. So don't be afraid to let it go for him. Don't be afraid to let him borrow your single life. The boys have borrowed it enough. I'm teaching. Yes. Don't let, him, don't let him borrow your strength. Your company has borrowed it enough. If your boss says come to work at 7, you won't sleep. You wake up at 6. if doesn't come to church at 10, you oversleep. Let him borrow your strength and your tenacity and your zest. Let him also borrow it because he always bring you profit. Do you understand? Some of you, you are in church very quiet, but I've seen you at parties because of Snapchat. They're like, we are running this place. We are running this place. We are running this place. Then they come to church like, <laughs> you know, let God borrow your zeal. Let him borrow your, your enthusiasm. Be crazy for him. Let him borrow your crazy. You're crazy for something. We know you're crazy for something. So let him borrow it. He will bring a boatload full of fish with that same thing. So then he says, launch into the deep, and then Peter asks a few questions. He didn't tell them to retire. So this is another thing. So when they finish, he said, "You fish all night. He said, it's not over. Tell neighbor, it's not over. Yes, right. You've tried it. It didn't work, but it's not over. This message, this one, you have many messages for many people. It's not over. Next one. Then Peter responded and obeyed. And behold, he caught more than enough. So the sequence is, they trust Jesus speaks they trust Jesus they don't say I'm retiring they say oh, we can go for more and then they get more okay so where are the limitations I will show us the constraints so one of the first constraints on it is the first the personal constraints eh? the first one is familiarity and the second one is capacity familiarity capacity I didn't want to put them in sentences but I'm not, I don't mean it in the same way Familiarity and then capacity. These are two things I want us to take note of today. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47, he said they are, in Acts chapter 2 they had preached and they got 5,000, 3,000 people. Acts chapter 2 verse 47, still he was adding. Still was adding. Can you imagine if their room was too small? They haven't favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the check daily those who were being saved. God added to the church, they were being saved. It means that as long as we were meeting, there were more being added. So then it it means that they have to expand, they have to make more room because God is always adding. Another verse I want you to take note of is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that you will go to the ends of the world. See, God is not satisfied until you have moved from here to another place to preach the gospel. God is not satisfied until you have moved from just your family to another person outside your family to preach the gospel. That's why it's not over for you yet. Amen. One day when you send me a telegraph or a letter or an email or a text from the ends of the world, where is the end of the world? Where is the end of the world? Australia, really. That's the start. Where is the end of the world? Wherever the end of the world is for you. The day you send me a message that, hey, can I prophesy? One of my franchises has opened a business at the end of the world. Then you can call me and say, I'm done. Or you say, I'm preaching the gospel at a strange place. I don't understand their language. I'm preaching. Then, I'm, then I say, okay, I'm moving forward. But you've not done that yet because I've, I've seen everybody's resume. You're all maybe around. I've not seen anybody who has been a missionary yet. None of you has moved to Charlottetown to start a church, to Moncton, to Sydney, to Yarmouth, to uh, where? New Glasgow, to wherever it is. When you get there, you send me a text. Then we can begin to talk about your retirement. Hallelujah. Until then, there is no retirement. I'm trying to show you, hey, 15 children, no retirement. 15 children should go to a Sunday school. Hallelujah. Now, corporately, so corporately and personally, God wants us to also grow. He had 3,000, he had more. And then, Peter is a very interesting guy. Familiarity. Familiarity when you look at Acts chapter 10, 9 to 16, the spiritual version of what Jesus did in Luke 5, you will begin to see it. You know? Because at the end of Luke 5, Jesus says, now you will not catch fish, you will catch men. I'm just showing you how I'm thinking about people. I'm just using the fish as, a, as an a, a, analogy. Or, 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 or what are some of the other words? figurative words. The fish is just a, a, a representation, a figurative look of what I'm about to do with your life. So see what Jesus said. You will not catch people, you will not catch fish, you will catch men. So this, this fish was just on the side. That's why the money you're about to get is just on the side. See, that's why I say prosperity is on the side. It's not the main thing. Are you listening to me? That's why it is good news that even prosperity is now a side issue. Hey. It's appetizer. Was it order? Is it order? Come on now. <laughs> it's on the side. That's right. Like you're eating your chicken with coke on the side. <laughs> Wonderful. With some ice cubes. On the side. To let it slide. It's a song like that. Anyway, so. So when they got the faith, Jesus said, that, "No, no, this is not the main thing. Even though I'm just showing you that I'm able, you, more is what I need." Then he said, "But I will teach you to catch men." So Peter was was fasting. You should be fasting too. He was fasting on top of the building in Joppa, and then he started he entered into a trance. Acts chapter ten. Yes. So Peter went to house to pray at the same hour. You you don't know the time you pray. Forgive you. You can have a time to pray. Turn to your neighbour. I think he thinks you were coming to church today. The way he's talking about praying and things like that—it's about you. (laughs) No problem. I'm almost done there. Okay. So, so the next day they went to the church. Peter went up to the house top to pray. About the sixth hour, then he saw in a trance that heavens were open, and then something like sheets, four corners, was coming down with all kinds of unclean animals. And then the Bible says, God, Jesus, Jesus, the voice said, Peter, rise up, kill and eat. Then he said, no, these are unclean. clean. For my childhood, I've never eaten this. For my childhood, I've placed a limit on myself. I am limited to only what I know. Familiarity. I'm limited to only what I know, what I've experienced. My prejudice is still there. That is why people don't get more. So then God spoke to him and said, To break from that type of prejudice, do not call unclean what I have called clean. Break from the familiarity. What God has sanctioned to be done, do not use your prejudice to undo. Are you listening? So if God says I want all nations, don't let your prejudice limit it to only Bahamians. If God says whosoever believes, don't limit it to only businessmen. Some of you are wishing more businessmen will come to church. Will get their children first year university. Yeah. So don't call unclean what God has made clean. The same way to you should learn, you should learn not to not to be the judge of people's lives. When God is the one using them, I'm teaching. You see, because as long as you look, you will see uncleanness. But that's why people get limited. Because the next person bringing their breakthrough is the person they are considering unclean. They consider that person unwell. He's too small. He's too young. Small boy. Small boy. Small boy. What the thing he has done. The thing I've done. Has he done it? Small boy. Look at this. She's just a small girl. Look at her. When she's singing, the way she even moves around. Look at her. You see, you are what God has chosen, you are deciding to make it unclean. You will lose. You will lose. You will lose. Are you getting it? You will lose. You know, some people only listen to people from their country. Did you, you, you know that? Yeah. Or maybe somebody from a place that they find superior. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the limitations. Familiarity. Like I just I go with what I know only. It's a very that is why when God Jesus said, cast your net," say, I from what I know, he was teaching him that same principle. From what I know, we are fish, there is no fish. But because you have said it, because Jesus has said go into all the world and preach to everybody, you have no right to be selective. So only the black people in the bus at the pool, you say, Let's go to church. So the foreign guys, they, they don't like God. Who are you to say that? He sent you to go and fish. He said, cast your net deeper. Are you listening to me? We are not trying to build an African church. Ah, it's small anointing. We need all nations. This is me, I'm talking as a pastor. I don't know what you are thinking. Because some of you will not marry from your country. Hello? Oh, you are one of them. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, those who have crossed over, there are many. But that's what I'm saying. That like it's a, it's a mindset, and that's what Peter was. Asked. That's what Peter was doing. He was like, no, 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 no. It's not what I'm used to. Very important. It's not what, And the packaging of things is what makes people not get much. Packaging, packaging, It to confuse you. Have you got something online with nice adverts? That it, ma- it doesn't make sense. And then the person selling on the roadside with no packaging. It has more quality. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. This is one of the things that limits people. So when Jesus had finished preaching and he said, cast your net, he could have just said, oh, no, 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 no. no. This is not how we do it. We are finished. You will not get more. The same way when the heavens opened, he was telling God, I'm not used to this. But then again, it was not about the food. It was about people. Say, so immediately he had done that three times said people knocked on the door, and they said, Cornelius, a Gentile, wants to see you, and I've sent you to him. Because God wants more. He's not only coming for Jews. Go to Cornelius, so that you bring him to. And the Bible said, even Peter, they said, Peter didn't lay hands on them. He said, as he spoke, Acts them. he said, as he spoke, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. And they started to speak in tongues, just like them. Then he went back to Jerusalem and they asked him, hey, I heard you have been preaching to some unclean people. Then he said, no, 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 it's not me. I didn't choose. As I was speaking to them, the Holy Ghost fell upon them the same way he fell upon us. Which means that God wants them to. It's a mind you should have. And that's where people limit themselves. They become familiar with their problem. Familiar with their success. And they don't press on for more. Familiarity also steals from you because when you become familiar with the vessels God uses, it becomes very difficult to chalak. All right? Second point. Commonization. So under familiarity, we have commonization. You know, commonization or equalization. Is that what, yeah, it's... Well, Jesus, Jesus is one of us. No, he said, Master, nevertheless, because it is you. He said, and it's not God who opened the heavens to talk. It was a human being. You see, people think that when Jesus was walking, you can see God on his side. Here. Like when his hair moves, you see God. <laughs> no, no, you see. There's, like there was no God. There was no Godness in Jesus. Like, the, oh, he went to the washroom. When he was preaching, I'm sure he coughed. And he got some water. And he just turns to you and he says, Catch your neck to the other side. Who are you? They said, No, no, I see you as master nevertheless, see, even though I know what I'm about to do, because it is you now the problem is, some of you don't do things, even because it is the person <laughs> it's called commonization or equalization as I'm preaching to you now he's speaking his opinion <laughs> this guy, that's how it is. I mean, when you work with him, I used to go for breakfast with him, that's how he thinks, that's why he's preaching like this see, that you have commonized what I'm saying and that's why you don't get more out of the thing. Are you listening? That's how people get stagnated. Because I just heard Jesus preaching. Now he's, after preaching gospel, he's turning to be a fisherman. Who are you? And that's how we treat God. Do you, do you know how we treat him? Do you know how we do it? Everybody says, I believe God. But as for human beings, I don't. I can't put my trust in a human being. Pastor or not a pastor. He's also so pastor. A, it's only God I believe. I laugh every time. It's only God, I believe. You believe only God. Second uh, Chronicles twenty twenty. 20 <laughs> Oh, that means it's only me and God. If God. Like, no, no, no. I don't listen to any human being. They are advising you, say, no, no, no. Unless God tells me. No problem. So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me. Leave the church will grow. This is very important. If your cell will grow, this is important. Hear me, oh Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. It says, believe in the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you believe in the Lord? Say, believe in the Lord your God, and you will a man. It means you'll be established, you'll be stable, you'll be steadfast. Then semicolon means that in the same way, in the same way. Believe his prophet, and you shall lack. In the same way, and that is what happened to Peter by the fish. He believed God's man at that time. Let me show you why I believe that it was. It's very important that you get it. John 14:1, Jesus said, believe in God. Believe also in me. Do you get it? Because he, he, he was not taking it for granted that the fact that they believe in God does no mean they believe in him. Because he's working with them and eating with them. And I think one time they ate some meat. It was not good for the stomach. He, at the end he said, be healed. But before then he had to go to the washroom. I'm just trying to show you something. You know, people say, I believe Jesus I love. But I don't go to church. Yeah, I'm making a mistake. Because He says, as you believe, believe also that the people I have set, they are important to you. Then you begin to chalak. Establishes that you are established. Now, chalak is to break forth. See, to multiply, to just not get regular fish. To get more fish, you must listen to somebody. You must hear the direction. It's very important. Look at it. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. So believe in me too. And I'm not pointing at me as in (laughs) me. But I'm saying that God will use people. That's why people who are familiar and they commonize the poor God brings around them. They don't break out. No, 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 no. And I'm not talking about only those God has sent to you as in your leaders. Also people God brings to you. You can't commonize people. Like, no, 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 don't, don't, oh, it's one of those, these are children, these are children, these are children. Come and see them in five years when they are giving tight more than your, 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 your whole apartment cost. So he oh, no, 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 let's move away the children. That's how we used to do when we were growing up. Let the children move away. Let, let, the, let the big people come. The cutting sellers and then the, the cement contractors and the big men with the big suit. let them come. You see, you are missing it because you are commonizing people. No one is common here. No one is common that's why we don't... See, you may think, oh, no, no, I won't say anything against the pastor. I've learned my lesson. But as for my... This girl or this boy. Who is he? I'll finish him. It's also God has sent the blessing to you. Are you listening to me? Nadine, the way you are sitting down like this, I want to say something, but I won't say. I'm almost done. Commonization. This, this thing is a very short message. So we commonize the people God sends to us. And then we also commonize the people God sends us to. See, when... The, they say, oh, you are selling that, you are a this, you are a that, you are a this. Don't they're not common people, they are God's sheep. Precious, precious people. I'm telling you, you don't are, God bought them with the same blood he bought you. There was no discount. There was no discount. Because you are worth a million dollars, he didn't pay more. The same way, that's why. And that's why people don't get more. Because the way they picture it is that, ah, I need to get somebody. Like, no, 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 you have commonized the regulars. I'm telling you. That is why ageism, cronyism, nepotism, eh, familiarism, <laughs> and socialism, I'm sorry. No, they, they, they steal from you. Then, another thing we commonize a lot I'm doing John ten and then uh, I'm doing Acts ten and then Luke five. The other thing we recognize is the word of God. He says, after speaking, he said, "You see, sometimes you hear and hear and hear so much that you begin to take it for granted. You begin to take the direct order that God is giving you for granted, as if it's an opinion. Like I preach and preach and preach, and one word hits you. You think that just like all the others were an opinion, the one I'm saying is also an opinion. It's not an opinion. God is telling you to do something." As I'm speaking to you, some of you, God is telling you, change your life. But you are saying, oh, it's one of those things. God is telling everybody. God is not telling everybody. As I'm preaching, God is telling you a specific thing. He's not telling everybody. I, met, I spoke to a gay lady. I said, so what about what I was saying? Say, said, I think everybody needs to hear it. Not everybody. You have heard it. Don't commonize the word of God. Hey, don't, if God will not speak to anybody, he has spoken to me. Because that's when you don't get much. Because you think, oh, someone else will do it. So, no. When you hear God's word, it's for you. I've told you the story of a guy who always comes to church and he says, wow, pastor, the message was powerful. Man, the people really had to hear this. The church, they really had to hear this. How is your message? They really had to. They have to change. Then one day there was a storm. And I'm closing with this. There was a storm. No one came to church except this guy. And the pastor said, I'm still going to preach. And this time I know he's going to listen. When he finished preaching powerfully to one person, the man said, hey, pastor, this is an amazing message. I wish they were here. <laughs> I wish they were here. The word of God is never for him. You don't get much. You don't get much. We think the word is for someone else. Someone else has to change. I mean, I'm not jealous. It's for someone else. It's never for someone else. What you hear is for you. So if Peter has said, Ah, this order, I mean, I think it's part of your preaching. Uh, I think we are just talking, let's all cast our net to the other side. Oh yeah, that's part of the preaching. Oh, everybody should cast their net to the other side. Oh, wow, wow. Ah, I wish God would also cast their net to the other side. say so you cast your net. Say, nevertheless, because it's your word, I will cast my net. Because some people hear that they don't cast their net, but they are worried that they didn't catch you are worried that you didn't catch because you didn't cast your net. Someone else will cast their net, just like someone looking around for nice ladies and casting their net. <laughs> Forgive. No matter how much you pray, you must cast your net. Okay, Commonization. and then the last one in the familiarity. Because of familiarity, people hesitate. Hesitation. Jesus said, "Follow me." He told the guy, "Follow me." He said, "No, let me go and bury my father." That's what he's not really letting you are going through. He's really concerned and he cares about it. But he doesn't want you to make it an excuse. He said, oh, "Well, let me go and bury my father. My father, my father." And when I'm done, I'll come and follow you." They he said, "Hey, let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me now." The thing about also familiarity is that it delay, it makes you delay. Like I'm saying, "Let's go for believers retreat." Somebody say, "I'll go next year." You go next year because you've gone to a lot of retreats. It's your problem. It makes you hesitate. And when you hesitate, the fish will go. Oh, you think the fish will stay by the side of the boat forever? No. They will move. When God gives a command, there is time to it. There is time to eat. Do you know that 90% of people who are saved, they are saved when they are young. It is very hard to be seventy and be saved, unless you are very sick. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. Most, everybody here who has ever had a Christian life for long, they'll tell you that I was young when I received Jesus, and I backslid, and I came back, and that's fine. They'll say, because, like, to be 60 and you don't know God, and there's nobody having to preach to you after all you have seen in life. The backbiting, the stealing, the, 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 the things that are, it's not easy to just say, oh, I give myself to you, Lord, I give you my heart. I can't even carry it, it's too heavy. <laughs> my heart has become too heavy. So it's not easy, it's, so it's not easy for someone, being saved is not a joke, it's a serious miracle. So don't take it for granted. In the same way, when people are hesitating, oh, we want to do something, I want to give myself to God but next year. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow may never come. It will never come, it never come. So when you are familiar, like, oh, it's one of those, as I say, today I'm saying, let's pray, change your life. You know, another time. Another time is when you will miss your catch. Say, I will not miss my catch. Because of familiarity. Hallelujah! And then the second one is just oh, close capacity. Say capacity. Capacity. Say capacity. Shall say glory. glory. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Capacity. And I'm okay. We have our Thanksgiving offering after this. Capacity. Now two things under capacity. Sometimes we have what we call mistaken contentment. Because of the lack or the ignorance of the vision. He says, um, he says God he says, the, the plans I have for you are to bring you to an expected end. You have not come to an expected end, but you think it's over. That's a mistaken contentment. You are quoting the Bible wrongly. If the end is not the expected end, it's not over. Somebody says, It's not over till I win. That's right. So, no, 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 godliness with contentment is that's not the type of thing he's talking. That's not the one he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that if you're ignorant of the vision that God has given for you, if you don't know what God planned for you, you will live below. You will live below. And it's just, you see, when I say this, people say it's only money. It's not money. It's if it's money, then it's small. I say money is a side issue. The purpose that God has called you for, if you don't, you are ignorant of it. You will live below. Some of you just settle for anything. It's lack of capacity. Say capacity. No problem. And then we see this in 2 Kings thirteen nineteen. and I'll tell you. The man of God, Elisha, he said, hey, the Syrians are coming. So take this arrow. Strike the ground. Listen, he said strike the ground. Then the, 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 the king, he struck the ground. This Second 2 Kings thirteen nineteen. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now, well, you will strike Syria only three times. See, because he did not know what the striking meant, he struck only three times. And then the man of God said, no, 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 the striking is actually how many times you will defeat Syria. So if you had known that you would have struck every hundred, you would have said, oh, I need to kill them all. But you see, because you are ignorant of the real vision, you just did it three times. One, two, three is enough. Have you seen those videos that somebody is digging, digging, digging? When they are about to get to their diamond, they see someone else diamond and they, and they run away. Meanwhile, they are about to get their catch. That's why you must be so you must be engrossed in the word of God and see and know that his vision for you. What his vision for you is so you don't live below it. Because people live below it because they are ignorant of the vision. That's why I keep on saying, say 500 people. As I say, 500 people. I didn't say fill the church. I said 500 people. So if the church is full and it's 499, it's not over. That's what you must say the vision God has for you. Otherwise, when people hail you a little, you'll be happy. You say you want to preach to crowds of 100,000. You preach here yeah, once. I tell you to preach on Wednesday. Everybody says, you are better than the pastor. Your head has become big. Because you are ignorant of the vision God has for you. Ignorance of the vision. How do you get not ignorant of the vision? You must get into the word of God. Because people are ignorant of what God has for them. That's why they said. Amen. Amen. And capacity, the second one is confinement. Confinement. Sometimes the space you are in, the friends you are in, the group you are in, they are more than just friends. They have become a wall. That limits the breaking out. That's why troubles come. Troubles come to confine you. When troubles come, they just confine you so that you begin to not think beyond. When a guy is breaking up with you, tell me, is that not the only thing you think about? The whole week, you forget that you are eating. Not to everybody. It's true. I've said it. <laughs> but they are coming out of it. Hallelujah. Those of you who don't get these things, it's okay. No problem. Confinement. Genesis 15.5. Genesis 15.5. Abraham was a very promised guy. He was promised a lot of things. But guess where he was? He was in his tent. And God said, hey, you know, I think when you are in this tent, all you can see is the tent. John 15, Genesis fifteen five. So then God said, said, hey, 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 it's because you are in your tent, that's why you are thinking small. You are sitting in your tent, you are thinking small. That's why some people must travel. Some of you must go for the leaders retreat and go and see what a church is. That's right. You must travel to go and see what a church is. Yeah, you know you you see. Oh, wow, what an amazing thing! Go and see. You're in your tent. You are the champion in your locality. Your local area, local champion. Nothing for you, my brother. If you go, uh, you will know. That's one of the problems that we have in, uh, in in West Africa. We compare ourselves with ourselves. My jollof is nicer than yours. Uh, my Jollof is whose who's Jollof is better? Like, you are finished. You are champion in your locality. <laughs> Nobody's requesting for the Jollof. <laughs> That's the problem. So you are, you, are, yes, you are a local champion. So he tells Abraham, "You, you come out of the tent and do what? And look up and see the expanse of the heavens. Your tent is a limitation. They said, this is what I'm talking about. So when he came out, what did he tell you? Count the stars. He said he began to count. Say, I cannot. Then he said, So shall your descendants be, because he wouldn't make. It. He can't see it if he was in the tent. That's why you. That's why we say, Let's go somewhere. Let's go. Go and see a choir singing. You have been in your tent. You are the champions here. I mean, nobody can sing better than you. But when you go and you hear Adam people, you say, Ha! Ah, you have not reached. They're comparing themselves to themselves are not wise. Hallelujah. So confinement is one of the things. So people who don't they don't look out, they don't go out, they don't, they are not going, We are saying let's go to programs, you won't follow. That's why I invite let's go to programs, let's go to places and see that your capacity is beyond what you are doing. Amen. In the same way to go for excursions, okay? Don't be a Christian who doesn't learn. Check things out, learn. You are better instrumentally. You know that you are not. The, oh, you are local champion. You are local champion. We like you like that. <laughs> but you can do more. You see, this is what limits people's capacity. Because then they sit down and say, okay, in the midst of ten, I am number two. But in the midst of one million, you may be at the last. Some of you have run marathons. Have you run marathons before? Marathons. I ran a marathon with my wife and a few. Uh, one day and a few people. We were not checking where we were in the total list. What are you telling me? I'll just say, oh, I passed you. I passed you. I passed, the five four. I passed you. I did it in one hour, 20 minutes. People do it in 45 minutes. But because you're a local town, your capacity is small. So what did he tell? He told Isaiah 54. What did he tell him in Isaiah 54? Isaiah 54. So what do you do? What's the solution to that? What's the solution to capacity problems? In prayer, what do we do? Isaiah 54, and we can rise to our feet. One, two, three. And that's our prayer today. Let's rise to our feet. Yes. And we'll pray, we we'll close. Sing O barren. Oh, sing. See, barrenness is a limitation. Sing O barren. You have not been says you who have not born. Break forth into singing. And cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. This is coming to somebody. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Why? Because he's in it. Next verse. So because of that, despite the circumstance you are seeing now, the dryness you are seeing now, he says, and like the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Begin to stretch out the capacity." Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen the sticks. Is there any other thing for us? For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Therefore, make preparation for it. The Bible said, God said, Noah, build an ark before the rains came. He said, begin to make preparations for it. Begin to tell God, expand my capacity. Tell God, stretch me out. I have not seen the best of me yet in every circumstance, Lord, I stretch, I stretch out my course. I lent it. So you will expand to the left and to the right. Somebody you can push your neighbor and say give me space. I'm expanding in the name of Jesus. I'm expanding. My capacity is not what I have seen yet. There is more. There is more. I am coming from under the tent and I'm looking to the skies. The vision, the vision is for an appointed time. The vision is more than I have thought. The vision is to bring me to unexpected end. The vision I have had concerning my life. It's not over. Age cannot be a limitation. My national cannot be a limitation. My marriage situation cannot be a limitation. The fact that I'm young, the fact that I'm old, the fact that I have some ability that I uh, some disability in my life in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it cannot limit me. I expand. I expand. Somebody begin to say, Lord, nevertheless at your word, nevertheless at your word, I go again because of your word. I was, I nearly gave up. I nearly said, this is it. I nearly said I've reached my limit, but because of your word, I launch into the deep. Somebody begin to pray, begin to extend it, begin to lengthen your course, lengthen the place of your dwelling. Let it not just for physical materialistic blessings, but for more of what God can do with you. More, you can do a little bit more. I can do a little bit more. I can go a little bit further. I can win more and more souls. I can do something special. I will not settle on this type of Christianity. I will go deeper. I will know him more. I will go forth. I stop the hesitation and I step in in the name of Jesus. I will serve him with all my might. I will serve him in the name of Jesus. Lengthen your heart. Expand to the right and to the left. As you pray this, as you pray this, you are praying for the church also. It is expanding to the left and to the right. We are expanding to the left and to the right. Lord, increase my capacity now in the name of Jesus. Ah, in the name of Jesus, lengthen your cords. Come out from amongst them. Come out from the tent. Look up. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lengthen your cords for you will spread to the left and to the right. And this is for those who have even felt barren and fruitless. The word of God says many are the children of the fruitless one. Why? Because when they expand, the Lord will fill it. It doesn't matter where you have been. I want to throw this special invitation to you. It doesn't matter where you have been in your life. You may have been in church for long, but you have not had a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray with you. You don't call yourself, you are not born again. You have not really gone, As you have not stepped into it. You are on the fringes. It doesn't mean that your family doesn't go to church, but it's you I'm talking about. A personal relationship with Jesus. That you can hear his voice and know his direction. If you are here, with all eyes closed, I want to pray with you. If it's your first time here, second time, third time, don't be worried. With all eyes closed, you want to have this personal relationship that you can hear him and that you can launch into the deep. That you can say, Pastor, pray with me so I can have Jesus in my life. Raise your hand wherever you are. I'll do this shortly. If you have done it before, Jesus is already there. If you have done it before, Jesus is there. You are assured he is there. But some of us also, sometimes we are backslidden. We have made some mistakes that make us feel like it's over. If you are here like that and you feel like, God, I need some help. I need help. Raise your hand. I need help. Eyes closed. I need help. All eyes closed. I need help. In the name of Jesus, I need some help. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the hands that are lifted. We thank you that help is coming to them. Grace is availing towards them. The assurance of salvation is coming to them. But above all, they are expanding to the left and to the right. In Jesus' mighty name. I saw your hands, so don't be in a hurry to leave. We will talk to you shortly. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited for the word of God? Are you blessed? If you are blessed, then let's give the Lord a large clap offering. So God, you listen and enjoy this message. I pray that it transforms you just like God's word has transformed many lives. If you want a relationship with Jesus, he's just a prayer our way. And tune in for more messages. Thank you.